0: to the Howie Silbiger show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call
1: 1-877-669-1292. And my name is Howie Silbiger. Welcome to the Howie Silbiger show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So glad to be here with you. We are live streaming on Facebook. We are live streaming on YouTube. We are live streaming on TrueTalkRadio.com, and of course, we are broadcasting on the True Talk Radio Network app. So uh, if you if you don't have the app, you could you could hear me. You can watch me actually. Hi, you can watch me on uh, TrueTalkRadio.com. You can watch me on the Howie Silberger Show page. On Facebook, you can watch me on the Howie Silberger page on Facebook. And, of course, you can watch me on the Howie Silberger channel on YouTube. So many ways that you could watch this show. So many ways you could take part in this show. Another way you could do it, another way you could take part in this show is by calling in. You can be part of the show by calling in. Numbers to call, 1-877-669-1292. That's the number to call, one one, two, nine, two. I'm Howie Silberger. This the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So we are in the, uh, in the period where we are commemorating Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht, of course, was the, was the first program in Germany against the Jewish population the first time the Germans attacked the Jews in a large scale. The Germans took the Jews and they rounded them up. They destroyed their businesses. They burned down their synagogues. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was a terrible time for Jews in Germany in 1938. So uh, violence spread right across the nation uh, in, in, the, in November of 1938, the beginning of November 1938. And from the 10th to the 16th of November, over 25,000 men were arrested and sent to concentration camps, such as Buchenwald and Dachau. A small number of women were also arrested. Conditions in the camp were horrific, and both men and women endured extreme violence. The event was widely reported around the world. Unlike unlike the concentration camps and a lot of the other things that happened to Jews during the Holocaust, the events of Kristallnacht were reported around the world because this was this was unusual. It had never happened before that... Synagogues and and people were were attacked in the streets. That this this kind of vicious attack on people uh, happened within within five days. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of synagogues across German-controlled lands were destroyed. Uh, very few countries took any practical steps to save the Jews. In fact, the Evian Conference that happened just after Kristallnacht where all the, uh, all, all the European countries got together to talk about what they're going to do about the Jewish problem, as they called it, the, uh, the Jewish problem, how they were going to solve this Jewish problem they had, uh, none of these countries decided to open up their borders to take in Jews at all. So here we had here we had a situation where Jews were in imminent danger. Imminent danger. Countries like Canada... Canada, by the way, said none is too many. That was the answer when they asked, how many Jews are you going to take in to to save? How many many refugees are you going to take in? The answer Canada gave was none is too many. So countries like Canada that had tons and tons of room, they could have probably taken in all the Jews of Europe had they really chosen to, decided, nope, we're not taking anybody. Uh, Germany wanted to get rid of the Jews. None of the other European c- countries wanted to take the Jews. They kept saying, it's the Germans' problem. It's not really our problem. What do we have to worry about it? It's not my problem. It's the Germans' problem. So let the Germans worry about it. But it, but it is. But it was everyone's problem. And it should have been everybody's problem. But it wasn't. So emigration from Germany became very difficult. A large amount of Jews in Germany uh, became more desperate to leave as, as the Germans ramped up the attacks on Jews, as they ramped up the Nuremberg Laws and didn't allow Jews to do a lot of things that, uh, that they were allowed to do before, like hold businesses, sit on park benches, drink from water fountains, as they burned down houses and burned down businesses and took people's livelihoods and lives away, as they arrested men. Now, most of the men who were arrested on Kristallnacht were kept for three, four months, meaning that their families were left alone for three, four months, not even knowing if the father was alive or dead. Imagine this happened today. And that's the question I have for you. Do you think that it's possible for something like this to happen today? And I I do. I believe that it is possible, that something like this could happen today. I I strongly believe that. I, I strongly believe looking at the world today and seeing the hatred that exists in the world today I, I wouldn't be surprised if something like this happened to the Muslims or to the Jews. Now, now a lot of, a lot of people told me, you know, I made, I made this comment uh, last week that, um, that, you know, we have to watch out for everybody else, that we can't just stand around, sit around and, uh, and hope and pray that people will be safe. We have to be proactive in, in, in making people safe. Now, I used this, I used this last week and, uh, people, and people told me, they called me and they said to me, hey, Howie, what are you, what are you talking about? Why do we have to watch out for the Muslims? Let the Muslims watch out for the Muslims. So I'm a Jewish guy. Why do I care about the Muslims? So, so I ask you, and I ask this question sincerely. Uh, if you don't care about the Muslims, and if that's, if that's actually what you feel, that you don't care about the Muslims, and we shouldn't be caring about the Muslims, then how could you criticize, and how could we anyone criticize, the fact that nobody cared about the Jews during the Holocaust? If we're not going to care about oppression of other people, and we really should, and we should stand up and fight against oppression of other people, we should stand up and say no, because never again should never be a hollow statement. Never again should never be a, a hollow. It should never just be a statement. It should never just be something we say. Never again should mean something. And that means that never again for the Jews and never again for anybody else. That's what it means if it means anything else then it means nothing so if we're talking about never again then it's never again for the jews and never again for everybody else and as jews we have to stand up and we have to and we have to stand up for everybody regardless of who they are regardless of how much they hate us it doesn't really matter we have to stand up and we have to say never again it's it's simple uh, to me to me life is simple it's black and white life in general. And this is the way it has to be. So people who tell me, Howie, what are you talking about? How can we, how can we go and, uh, and stand up for the Christians who are being slaughtered and massacred and a uh, genocide, a Christian genocide is happening right now in Syria. And it's been happening for the last 10 years. And nobody said a word. There has been no screaming, no rallying, no nothing for the Christians of Syria. We, we've we've we failed In our pledge of never again, we have failed. We are complete failures in that pledge. Because we've allowed genocides to happen. We've allowed people to be killed because of their religion. We've allowed people to be massacred. And we've sat by and done nothing. I I look at these pictures that are scrolling next to me here on the screen. Uh, for those of you watching on uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, or on uh, on on, on, um, on, uh, on the True Talk Radio website, I look at these pictures scrolling next to me on the screen. The, the pictures that are flashing next to me on the screen, and these are pictures of um, these are pictures of of synagogues uh, scenes from Kristallnacht in 1938. Pictures that were taken by the Nazis. And, and I look at this, and I think, okay. So we see the damage and we see what's happening and we understand that this could possibly happen again and that this is happening to Syrian Christians. And it's happened to Christians right across the Middle East. ISIS has killed hundreds and thousands, if not millions of Christians across the Middle East. And we've sat back and we've said nothing. It's a shame. It's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute shame. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Uh, I've, I've been talking about the Christian genocide for a, for a long time. I bring it up on the show at least once every three weeks. But I don't hear very many people talking about it, and this is what really bothers me. This is what really, really bothers me. Why not? Do you agree with me that there could be a Holocaust, another Holocaust could happen imminently, that another crystal knock could happen tomorrow, do you agree? one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 I want to hear what you think. I want to, I want to hear if you agree with me. Because, because I look at the situation in the world and I, I see that you know, that the memory of the Holocaust has disappeared. Even Jewish kids don't remember the Holocaust. And you know, sending them to the March of the Living is kind of a waste of money. In my opinion, it's a waste of money. And, and the reason I think that and people say, Howie, you're crazy. What are you saying, things like that? And the reason I think that is because the kids who go on the March of the Living have no personal connection to the Holocaust. So sending them to a concentration camp when they know, don't know any survivors and they don't know anything about what happened at the Holocaust seems to me to be a little bit of a waste of money. Now, I could, I could be wrong, and uh, you could call in if you want, 1-877-669-1292. And you can tell me I'm 100% wrong and I'm full of it, and that's fine, I, I have no problem with that. But that's the way I feel. That's the way I think. I think that perhaps, perhaps, just perhaps, kids would be better served if they were taken to Israel. And in Israel, they were given a Holocaust education. It's being, instead, of the, instead of feeding the economies of the countries that destroy Jews, maybe, just maybe... We should feed the Jewish economy and then uh, educate our kids on the Holocaust then. It's just a just a suggestion. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We're heard live. We're heard, seen live every Sunday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Coming up after 8.30, I'll be joined by my intrepid reporter from Toronto, Mr. Mark David. And my long-suffering producer, Mr. Sheldon Eric Fried, he will be here too. Uh, that's coming up after eight thirty. And uh, right now, we we'll talk about Kristallnacht. It is the uh, we are in the period between the uh, the tenth and the fifteenth of tenth uh, and sixteenth, excuse me, of November when Kristallnacht happened in nineteen thirty-eight in Germany, where Jews were attacked. How do you commemorate? How are we supposed to commemorate Kristallnacht? How should we commemorate Kristallnacht? So many years later. There are very few survivors left. I, I knew a survivor. There was a uh, Baruch Cohn, He worked for the Canadian Institute for Jewish Research. He was a survivor of Kristallnacht, and he had a Kristallnacht ceremony every year. He passed away this year at the uh, the ripe old age, almost a hundred. Uh, but he had a Kristallnacht ceremony every year for years and years and years. And it's people like that who who kept the memories alive. But once they're gone, who's going to hold on to the memories? Who's going to keep the memories? I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll take a little break when we come back. The Howie Silberger Show continues right here on TrueTalkRadio.com.
2: Eyes have long been blind. Most things that people say to me just seem to slip in my mind. Oh, but the suffering and painful times that were in years long gone. Still as clear upon my memory As the numbers on my arm What will become of all the memories? Are they to scatter with the dust in the breeze? Who will stand before the world Knowing what to say? When the very last
3: survivor
2: fades away, fades away When I hold my grandson close to me And his fingers trace the pattern of my tears
0: He asks me to say that Tell me why do you cry? What is it that you fear?
2: Oh, and I tell him there once was another child who smelled this sweet and felt this warm, but he was taken from before my eyes and only. I What will become of all the memories Are they to scatter with the dust in the breeze And who will stand before a world That now wishes to deny How will they believe in someone say you do to make things change time has a way of passing by so fast like a fleeting shadow no one will recall the faces of the past what will become of all To scatter with the dust in the breeze Yet one thought gives me comfort It's all that I have left. For I know that God in heaven Won't forget
0: Listening to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Talk to Howie. Call 1-877-669-1292.
1: And welcome back to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. We are talking about Kristallnacht. We are in the, uh, in the commemoration of Kristallnacht, the, the time period that we commemorate Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht happened between November 10th and 16th, 1938. It was the first time uh, that Germany, well, first time before World War II, that Germany attacked their Jewish population in what seemed to be a random program, a, a random attack on Jews. Uh, it wasn't so random. It was actually a well-orchestrated attack on the Jewish community of Germany and German-controlled lands, so Germany, Germany, Austria, and all the controlled lands of Germany. There were, uh, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of synagogues that were destroyed. 25,000 men were arrested and sent to concentration camps. Women were arrested too. People were, broken, people were beaten up. Um... Very few countries stepped in to save the Jewish population of Germany. Very, very few. Uh, the, um, the Jewish population, uh, kids at least, were saved by, uh, by a, a privately financed uh, transport for kids called the Kindertransport. It wasn't through the British government, but it was privately financed transport that allowed about 10,000 Jewish kids to get out of Germany and they went to England, and then from England, they went elsewhere. They didn't stay in England. England told, uh, told the people who imported these Jewish children, "Yeah, okay, you could bring them into the country, but they can't stay. You have a time limit on how long they could stay, and then, then they must go." Because for every country, uh, for every country, none was too many. Canada said it blatantly, but it was the same situation everywhere. Every country had the exact same reaction to Jewish refugees. Now, I'm wondering if, if, if that happened today, and there was a genocide happening, as there was for Christians in Syria, as there still is for Christians in Syria, and the Christians try fleeing Syria, how many countries would allow the Christians into their country? Are we watching history repeat itself? Uh, I, think, I think to a certain extent we are, maybe not to the same, to the same degree as the Holocaust, but we are watching history kind of repeat itself. It's kind of scary, if you ask me. You want to get in on the conversation? It's quite easy. The number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 That's the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We're commemorating Kristallnacht, the night of the fallen glass. The night where Germany started their attacks, their their physical attacks on the Jewish population. And uh, I find find it fascinating that there are still people out there who deny that the Holocaust happened. There are still people out there saying that the Holocaust is not true, that that this never happened. And I find it fascinating, absolutely, absolutely, mind-bogglingly fascinating that these people exist and, to a certain extent, are taken seriously. I remember years ago, uh, David Irving, he, he was one of the biggest um, Holocaust deniers of the, uh, of the 1980s and 90s. And yes, 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 I remember that far back. And I remember David Irving, he, uh, he came to Montreal to speak at Concordia University in the early 90s. Uh, Concordia University had a, um, had a policy, they let anybody speak on campus, unless it was Bibi Netanyahu, everybody else could speak on campus. So at Concordia, David Irving showed up to speak on campus. And of course, I attended his speech, because how could I not attend the speech of a preeminent Holocaust denier? I mean, I wouldn't miss it for the world. It didn't matter what was going on that night. I was going to be at that speech. And I went out and I heard what David Irving had to say, how he ta- how the gas chambers never happened, how the crematorias were faked by the Allies, how the Holocaust is just a big hoax. And I saw, I saw, this was maybe 91, 92. I saw with my own eyes. And this is not hearsay. This is not third-hand information. This is something I saw. I saw Concordia University students applauding the denial of the Holocaust. And I watched this. And I watched it with, with terror. I'm, uh, I'm a descendant of Holocaust survivors. I heard firsthand many of the horrors of the Holocaust. And I saw Holocaust denial firsthand. A couple of years later, there was a schoolteacher out west. I think it was in Alberta who was teaching his history class, his high school history class. The Holocaust never happened. His name was Jim Keekstra. And I had the unique opportunity to meet Jim Keekstra when he once again was invited to speak in Montreal. Uh, I was invited to, to speak to him. I was invited to come to a, to a, a, a gathering where he was there And I sat down and I I had a conversation with the man who told me that my grandparents were lying to me. Who told me that they were brainwashed by the Zionist leadership. Who wanted to use the world and hold the world hostage to force the world to create the state of Israel. And this is why the Holocaust hoax was created, he tells me. I looked at him like he was insane, and I said, no, I saw the tattoo on my grandfather's arm. I saw the tattoo on many men's arms, many, many, many survivors' arms. I, I worked for the Shoah Foundation videotaping survivors' testimonies. I heard the stories of hundreds and hundreds of survivors. I heard, I heard them talking. I heard their story." And you're telling me that this never happened? You're telling me that this is all fake? How many survivors have you ever met? He just ignored my question and moved on to the next person. Because that's what happens when you confront a Holocaust denier with fact. That's what happens. They don't want to argue fact with you because there is no argument. They can't argue fact with you because they're full of it. Not full of fact. They're full of bunk. So they can't argue fact with you. So what do they do, they just ignore you. They ignore your question. They walk away. They don't even want to talk to you. They don't even want to have anything to do with you. I tried getting around and talking to him again, but he refused to even acknowledge me after that. That's what it is. Holocaust deniers are cowards. They're attacking the dead. Anybody who attacks the dead is a coward. A bloody coward. That's what they are. But unfortunately, the uneducated masses, and we've dumbed down education to a point where the masses are uneducated. Their history class is a joke. And the uneducated masses... Hear some charismatic person with a good resume giving a speech, and then suddenly, whatever that person says is truth. They hear it on television. They see it on the radio. They, they see it on the radio. They hear it on they hear it on the radio. See it on television, and suddenly, whatever they see or hear is the truth. We're living in a, in a crazy society. We're living in a crazy world, a crazy uneducated world. A world where, where even if the truth is out there, even if people hear the truth and want to know the truth, they, they ignore it, absolutely ignore it. All right, we got a call, let's go to the caller. Uh, hi, caller, welcome to the program. Uh, Hi, Howie. How are you? Good, thank God. How are you? Who's this? This
3: is Tally S. Hey, uh, Tally. How are you? Good. I was watching you live on Facebook, and I had a little bit of input. And ironically, when you mentioned that you used to do the um, the video, uh, you know, take the videos of the test- the testimonies of survivors for the Shoah Foundation. So when I came back from Birthright, I used to, I, I volunteered to the same foundation to actually transcribe the videos and find dates and places to help match survivors. Like, you, they created a database with all this data.
1: Right.
3: And it's not it's so many people can't be, like, all, like, uh, simultaneously hallucinating and making it up. Like, you see real fear in their eyes when we talk about it.
1: I know my, my grandparents and my grandmother refused to talk. Well, she talked about it to us, but uh, when the Shoah Foundation, when I approached her and I said, hey, let me record your testimony, my grandfather said, okay, my grandmother didn't want to. And she says, you know, I well, when, can't, I mean, when, I can't when talk about it. When they realize
3: what it's for, I mean, they, 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 the few that came forward to help a lot of people find their families, people that were in DP camps and, you know, all over the place, they, nobody knew who was alive, who wasn't. Yeah help put a lot of people together. I mean, you can't. Everybody can't be all coming up together in one big massive conspiracy. It's a lot easier to believe that Hitler actually got away with with almost you know, with, with doing what he did. Is, um, isn't it remember, crazy?
1: Isn't it crazy that people yeah. believe this? That people actually believe and this? In
3: Concordia. I mean, when I was there, when I was studying Concordia, we had the same issue. I mean, there were so many people that were that were uh, you know convinced that this is all a, a big you know Zionist propaganda. And, uh, you know, Tally, I I, I, I,
1: I I was at Concordia 20 years ago, and I'm back in Concordia now. I'm just finishing off another degree at Concordia. And, uh, 20, 20, about 25 years or 24, 25 years ago, I, uh, I went to see Louis Farrakhan at Concordia. He came in to speak, and oh, he, spoke at, he spoke at Concordia. And I went to see him. I, I it was me. Uh, I think Rabbi Pupko was with me. It was me, Rabbi Pupko, Frederick Kranz from the Canadian Institute for Jewish Research. And one other guy. We there were four white guys in the room full of black people, uh, going to hear wow. Louis Farrakhan. And before Louis Farrakhan, uh, his he had a right hand man named Khalid Mohammed. And yeah. uh, he he he's died since then, thank God. But uh, you know Khalid Mohammed, and Khalid Mohammed got up and he spoke before Louis Farrakhan, and he uh, and he said, "I see some crackers in the audience, and you know if you guys start up with us, we're going to uh, come and crack your heads, right?" And you oh, know yeah. that doesn't deter me. I mean, I don't care. Uh, but um um. But then he continued with, you know, he says, you know, what the crackers come out here to hear our speeches, he says, because they want to hear because they, they, they want to they want to counter the truth. And I'll never forget this because this just stuck, out, just stuck with me. I mean, it's 25 years later. I still remember it. He says they want to counter the truth. He says, and the truth <laughs> is that the Holocaust never happened. And the Jews created the Holocaust in order to create the state of Israel to oppress the black people. So it's there you go. Oh, so, Cons-
3: it's so ridiculous.
1: Conspiracy theories everywhere.
3: <laughs> And anybody that ever spoke to a survivor, and you see every single survivor got matching tattoos just coincidentally. Like, did they all they all had the same handwriting? Like, how do they how do they pull that off? It's just it's sad that the world's come to the point where, where two what was it two thirds of America don't believe that the, the the Holocaust happened, or is it a third? I forgot. I heard the statistic I couldn't believe it. I thought it was the most ridiculous number in the world. But the truth is, young people are believing whatever they see online.
1: Yeah, whatever they see online, whatever they hear. If it sounds convincing, they believe it.
3: It's it's crazy. I remember, they had a, an issue with Google, a Google search result once came up that somebody did some kind of search engine optimization to push this page, for, you know, promoting Holocaust denial, and they made a big stink out of it. And they actually reached out to Google and they like manually penalized the site because uh, because they were they, they used some kind of technique to, to to push that answer up there all the way to the top. Yeah. And it was some kind of white supremacist group or whatever it was. It's just sad. I mean, it's sad what it is.
1: It's 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 sad, it's scary, and it's 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 horrific. Uh, it's it's actually horrific.
3: And it's such a rise. I mean, I've been in the states for the last five years, as you know. I've I've been seeing such a rise in anti-Semitism here that it's scary. There was a brick that was thrown into the window of uh, Base Rifka in Crown Heights, wow. it's like middle of the like, uh, uh Eye of the Storm in the Lubavitch community. And uh, this is not the first incident. Every week there's something else. Somebody got a brick in the head. The other, you know, the other week one guy hmm. getting punched. You know, all these random things. And it's it's you know the the interesting thing is that uh, when when people came from the from the, from you know Eastern Europe to here, and the previous uh, Lubavitcher Rebbe came out and said, "Nigedet, you said America is nishandir. America is no different. You think you're coming here and it's the answer to all your problems? The fact of the matter is, people will hate Jews no matter where you are.
1: Yeah, very very scary, Tali. Very very yeah. scary. Uh, Tally, anyway, yes. I
3: gotta let you go. It's really nice to speak to you, T- Tally. We gotta be in touch. Well, like, just I before, just
1: before you go, I just want to yeah. tell people visit Tally Yes's website, tallyyes.com. He's a great, no mu- awesome. he's a great musician. He ca- he came up with a couple of albums recently. They're up on the website. Go and check them out. Tally Yes. Thank you so
3: much. Thank- I'm actually about to drop a cover of a song that and it takes place in the Holocaust as well. So All I, right. it, it resonated with me when I was listening to you. I to give you a call. Thank but
1: you thanks so much.
3: So much. I appreciate the plug. S- thanks so much for calling, Tally. Appreciate good it. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Alright, that was uh tally yes and uh, yeah he's right. I mean, you know, the um the, the way the way that the Americans are uh, are being educated, the way the world is educating their children, is a it's a very scary place. I'm Howie Subberger, this is the Howie Subberger show. We're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we will be joined by my intrepid reporter from Toronto, Mr. Mark David, and my long-suffering producer, Sheldon Eric They will be joining me just after the short break. Um the reason, uh, those of you watching on, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on the, uh, the True Talk Radio um, website, the reason you don't hear anything during the break is because um, all, all these different services have these different rules about, um, about uh, copyrights. Now, I have the right to play all the music I play during my breaks. I have the written right and the, uh, and the oral. I have the rights from the creators of the music to play this music, um, but it's a lot of paperwork to get YouTube and uh, Facebook to know this. So what would happen is if I played it on YouTube, Facebook, um, and because it's the same stream going to all these different sources, if I would played it on the streams, uh, they, would, they would cut off the audio and then you probably wouldn't hear the rest of the show. So uh, you're not going to hear anything. You're just going to see we're on a commercial break. The show continues in a few minutes. The, uh, the, the page is going to come up uh, and, um, and we will be back. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network we take a little break when we come back. Mark David and Sheldon Eric Freed.
2: Just
0: a ragged ball with no place to stay. No one wants a Jewish child. They all chase him away.
2: Just a ragged boy. Trying to survive
0: He will do anything Just to stay alive When the Gestapo came to his parents' home He was in the bedroom, a little boy alone When they took them away, he had no place left to stay So he went off and tried to find his way He went from town to town hoping someone Would take a vagabond child as a son With sticks and stones They chased him from their homes Nothing but a ragged child chase him away, just a ragged boy with no place to go, we have lost another precious soul. Bigger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call one 669 1292
1: And I'm Howie Silberger. Welcome back to the program here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live three nights a week, Sundays from 8 to 9 p.m., on Tuesdays from 10 to 11 p.m., and then again at midnight, and then on Wednesday on the Thursdays, excuse me, on Thursdays from 10 to 11 p.m. So uh, plenty of time, plenty of times you could watch and listen to the Howie Silberger show. Uh, we are live streaming. We are uh, live streaming on the True Talk Radio app. So, the radio show is airing on the True Talk Radio app and on TrueTalkRadio.com. The video stream is airing on the Facebook page of uh, The Howie Silberger Show. So, go to The Howie Silberger Show Facebook page and click like, and you could see the uh, the video of this. Uh, the video is also airing on my personal Facebook page, The Howie Silberger Show, uh, The Howie Silberger Facebook page. And it's also airing if you don't feel like going to Facebook and you, you don't like Facebook, and a lot of people don't. It's also airing on TrueTalkRadio.com. So joining me now are my intrepid reporter from Toronto, Mr. Mark David, and and Mr. Sheldon Eric Freed. Oh, gentlemen. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second, guys. Uh, one of you has your um, one of you has the stream running on your computer, and it's it's kind of feeding back. So you got to turn the stream off on your computer. Oh wait a second! Wait a second, guys. Yeah. Uh, Somebody, somebody's doing hand. that. One of you has. So I don't know which one of you has the stream running on your uh, on your computers, but it's feeding back, and I can't put you on the air, when the, when the stream is feeding back. Uh, I'm Howie Silberger, These guys, uh, you know, it, it's new technology. These guys will figure it out. Um, we'll all figure it out together. Let's try that again. Mark and uh, Sheldon, are you there? Yes, we are. I'm here, Mark. Okay. Sheldon, welcome uh, welcome, welcome to the program. Mark will be joining us in a second, I'm sure. Mark, are you there?
4: Yes, I am. Sorry about that small uh. connection issue, but we've resolved it now. Can you hear me?
1: That happens. Loud and, uh, and clear. And Wait. the feedback issue has disappeared, which is also good, so I'm happy.
5: You know but, what they say, technology is good only when it works. That's right. Yeah. Murphy's Law applies to
4: technology as well. Something we've learned the hard way around here. Well, look, Howie. Well, look, right, Howie?
1: We, well look we're, we're we're trying something new, and uh, you know, it's yeah. going to take us a couple of shows to get this right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're working on it. That's that's all I could say is we're working on it.
5: It's actually called the New and Improved Howie Silberger Show.
1: Well, you know, it's now, like a, it's a, now it's a a TV show and a um, it's a TV show and a radio show, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah.
4: Like like I said last week, it feels like the new Howie Silberger Show, but really, you're still here. I'm still here. And the content of the show hasn't changed at all.
1: Uh, somebody true. else is here. Uh, Sheldon's here too.
4: Well, that's true. That's why I said you, referring to you guys. Oh.
1: That's okay. right. So you see, I, I even put your picture up on the stream. So if you, any of you have the stream running, the picture is, your pictures are up on the stream. Did see
4: really see how
1: professional we've gotten here? Okay. See how professional.
4: That's pretty
5: interesting. That's, that's really incredible.
4: Technology <laughs> is fantastic.
5: Technology uh, I like is to, I like technology.
4: Yeah, I, I do too, and I'm glad we're bringing our show into the 21st century.
5: Yes, sir. You know, if we could bring it to the bedrooms of the nation and the kitchens of the nation, then we're fine.
1: Uh, well, now yes. we now now we have a bigger chance, a greater chance—not a bigger chance, but a greater chance of bringing of bringing the show to a lot more people. Absolutely. So, uh, so uh, what's up, guys? How was the week?
4: Uh, the week was pretty good. Oh, there are there is our pictures. They look very nice. Good yes. job, Howie. Thank you. The week was very good. Um, Many things happened, job interviews, and uh, I heard a most interesting uh, person speak on Friday night. Who would you hear? Uh, His name was Rami Sherman, and uh, that that name may be familiar to some of our listeners, and we can even say viewers now, because uh, he was involved in Operation Entebbe, also known as Operation Thunderbolts.
1: Ah, so he went with uh, Yoni. He went with Yoni Netanyahu down to save the Jews who were, who were hijacked.
4: That's right. Little um, story about how his involvement in 1976, when an Air France airliner was hijacked and rerouted to Entebbe, uh, he was the operations officer uh, officer of the unit under the late uh, Yoni Netanyahu. And if you know the story of. Uh, Operation Entebbe, uh, the only Israeli army casualty to that was, unfortunately, Yoni Netanyahu, brother of Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel.
1: Right. So it must have been a very interesting speech.
4: Oh, it was. Went for an hour and a half. He literally retold all the details. Every Mm. detail, even small things that would normally get overlooked. Everything.
1: Amazing.
5: I bet you could have heard a pin drop there,
1: in there.
4: The room was so quiet. I've never been in such a quiet room. Honestly.
1: But, but imagine so many years later, remembering every detail of it.
4: He was directly involved. How could he? How could yeah, he but I mean, I'm so sure he was
1: involved in a lot of other uh, missions too.
4: He but, was, but this this was a particularly uh, big one.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Sheldon, so how have you we,
4: spoke to us.
5: Sheldon, how was your week? Hectic, but a uh, hectic but okay.
1: All right, cool. All right.
5: Yeah, yeah, hectic but okay. Just a lot of things that I'm uh, working on right now. So. Trying to do a couple of actually uh, commercial auditions.
1: Oh, nice!
5: So uh, I'll let you know how that's uh, working out. And do. Uh, well, uh, a couple of people in the states in LA, and uh, and uh, one person, one agency out of the UK. Cool. So I'm so I'm trying to do uh, trying to do two auditions with them, and um, yeah,
4: You're going global, Sheldon.
5: Well, I'm trying to, you know, like uh, with the with the help of you guys and some great radio shows and. Uh, You know, I'm doing uh, stuff commercially locally now, so I'm trying to, you know, try to expand uh, different projects and try to participate in different projects. So I've been I've been getting like um, I I had a 16 hour day on Friday and last Thursday. So it was really. uh, Yeah. So it was really a lot of things because I had to deal with different time zone issues.
4: Oh, I know that. Believe me, when I was a journalist, I sometimes had to interview people in different countries I remember once i had to stay after work normally i'd finished at five Where i interviewed the chief technology officer of the australian government mr john sheridan nice guy by the way and we talked about uh, at that point so uh, this was 2015 uh their new content management system for the australian government's uh, family of websites for all their services
1: it sounds like oh. an exciting interview
4: it was another time I, I had to stay behind to speak with a company in israel i don't know if you guys are aware israel has a very big tech sector, and I was uh, the editor of a tech magazine at that time. And we were speaking to a company called 40 Cloud. They're a cloud uh, computing services company. Uh, sort of At that point, they were pretty new on the scene, but uh, I think they've uh, expanded ever since. Uh, spoke with their two co-founders about uh, something new they'd introduced at the time. It was a pretty interesting interview. Very cool. I feel like that I was Jewish.
1: Very, very cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
5: A- excellent.
1: All right, so we're running up against the clock. So, Mark, do you have a uh, on the mark?
4: You better believe I do.
1: All right, so let's hear it.
4: Yes. you going to cue me in, or do I got to do my own music again?
1: Uh, you got to do your own music again, because I like I liked the way you did that last time.
4: All right. Came off the cuff last time. It'll, do, it'll be the same hey,
1: Sheldon, don't you, don't you like the way
5: Mark does his own music? I love the way he does his own music. Talk about improvisation. Yeah, yeah. Mark yeah. is
1: amazing at this. Amazing. The truth is, I amazing. took
4: improv classes, and I think it's helped my uh, broadcasting.
1: It <laughs> sure does.
4: I figured if they could do it on Whose Line Is It Anyway, I could do it too. And so the classes we took uh, involved games very similar to the ones that play in that
5: show. You got yourself out of a few a few pickles <laughs> in your day, Mark.
4: <laughs> oh, yes, I have. All right, Mark. Uh, let's... The improv classes helped.
1: All right, Mark. Let's hear your intro and then uh, then you're on the mark. That
4: was a good cough. Dun, dun. This is on the mark for November 10th, 2019. <laughs> I'm Mark David, and here comes the news. Yes. Now, as everyone knows, on this radio program, it's our job to bring you the bald-faced truth about everything.
1: Wait, 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 wait. One second, one second. The bald-faced truth? Yes. I thought it was the bold-faced truth. That's what I thought, too. You know, isn't, I that, isn't, that like, isn't that like a font thing, like bold-faced?
4: I, I've, I've heard both views. You can look it up, but uh, in this case, the bald face... <laughs> All right,
1: well, we'll go with the bald face. Why not? Sure.
4: The truth about everything. I think we can agree on that. Okay. And that mandate also applies to this newscast. So without further ado, here is a story that presents the bald face truth. All right. The Mirror reports that people who work longer hours are more likely to go bald. This is according to a study conducted in South Korea, the results of which determined... That those who work for 52 or more hours per week are more likely to experience baldness.
1: Sheldon, that's this what happened cute. to you, right?
4: That sums me up in a T, guys. <laughs> so it's true. It doesn't just apply to people in oh, South absolutely. Korea. No, 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 it, no, no. We know it's true. Look at Sheldon.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a picture of Sheldon from like the 80s and uh,
1: a big afro. <laughs> yeah.
4: I had a. I did have an year. afro.
5: <laughs> in my high school yearbook I had an
4: afro
1: oh we gotta see that pic- a, we gotta put that picture I up one day when I was younger.
4: in my high school yearbook I had a drew fro as well one. I didn't get a haircut for 6 months for no reason anyway, well, I
5: had an in a vault uh, nobody's seeing it so fast
4: <laughs> anyway um, so people who work more than 52 hours a week are more likely to experience baldness and this is due to the larger amounts of stress associated with working extended hours and I'm Sheldon I'm sure you can speak to that as well oh yeah uh, academics from the Sung Kyun University School of Medicine in South Korea studied thousands of men between the ages of 20 and 59 over a four-year period to conduct the research but did not include any women in the study. Interesting. If you want to keep your hairline intact, keep the Goodbye, overtime.
5: By Sinead O'Connor.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I think that was voluntary. Uh, so, the, so the moral story is if you want to keep your hairline intact, keep the overtime to a minimum. Otherwise, it's hair today gone tomorrow.
2: oh oh, oh. Oh
1: my gosh all right all right all right we'll survive that one all right let's move on
4: let's see if you'll survive this speaking of stress it will soon be exam time for students at universities around the world the last minute cramming takes its toll on thousands of students per year and schools are doing everything they can to help students beat the stress and pass their exams Stress creates a grave situation for students, but one school has come up with a unique solution. The mayor reports that Radboud University, located in the Dutch city of Nijmegen, is offering its students the chance to lie down in a grave and get some quiet time. What? The grave is located <laughs> behind the university's chapel, and students can book lie-down sessions that range from 30 minutes uh, to 3 hours. In a grave?
5: <laughs> what? In
4: a grave that was dug behind the school's chapel. Yes, I kid you not.
5: I thought that was the after effects of these exams. Wow. It's a
4: grave situation, <laughs>
0: folks. Oh. <laughs> well, 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 oh, unearthly. Well, well,
1: one sec. One yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm trying to understand this. You're so, trying to understand this? I, 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 well, you know. Out of it you're not yet. I, 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 <laughs> all of it, really. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, So, so. <laughs> Let me, let me understand what happened here. The, Go on. The, the university
2: <laughs> yes.
1: decided to dig a grave. <laughs> I can <laughs> yes. dig it. And, the and, and, and then and then have students buy time to lie in it.
4: Yeah, book time to lie in it from 30 minutes to three hours.
5: Are they lying oh, that's the- really going to get the stress out of cramming of an exam. Uh, are, are well, they li- some other schools uh, bring in like, puppies or
1: a yeah. quiet room or something. Are, are they lying in a casket or are they just lying in the ground?
4: They're lying in the ground. Wow. No casket.
1: Nobody throws earth on them? They they don't bury them? They just lie there?
4: Well, the students are already buried in all the work they have to do, so there's no burying involved. Weird. There's another one. All right. (laughs) Uh, The grave has actually become very popular amongst the students to the point where they're all dying to try this new relaxation method.
5: Like Halloween revisited this every is,
1: day. This is crazy. Yeah. Every day is Halloween on On the Mark, ladies and gentlemen. Crazy. This is insane. It's actually spooky. insane. It's, it's not spooky. It's A insane. Spooky, you know. It's actually yeah. insane. It's crazy. Yeah.
4: Well, it's the new Howie Silberger show, so we've upped the ante for our content in On the Mark. All no right. bones about it. No, sir. All right. On the Mark mm-hmm. is committed to helping you win with words. Our word of the week uh, is a very interesting one. Last week, we had gentacular referring to <laughs> yes, gentacular. Uh, anything relating to breakfast.
0: Life this week's word sounds
4: like it's made up, but it, I guarantee you it's a real word. And we can thank the good folks at uh, QI on Twitter for supplying us with this. Our word of the week is fart knocker. Fart knocker. <laughs> I mean, fart knocker. It actually has a oh, meaning, yeah. believe it or not.
1: Yeah, what's it the meaning of someone... fart knocker?
4: Well, um, fart-knocker. it's interesting. A fart knocker is someone... Who does not know what they're talking about?
1: Oh, I thought he knocked it out of the
5: park.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Some people have that ability, unfortunately. Uh, You're fart, not kidding.
1: fart knocker, somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Like, um, could you use that in a sentence, Mark?
4: Yes. Please. I was once in a class with a very ill-advised teacher who really didn't know anything about the subject matter, and uh, he was quite the fart knocker.
5: Mm. Okay. I if find a know, lot of, part. Uh, don't you find a lot of politicians a lot of fart knockers also? Uh, I, yep.
1: Yeah, I find, I find that sometimes us on the show are fart knockers. Yep.
5: No, never. We're <laughs> too intelligent for that.
4: Us, we're fine. But some politicians, some people in the public, are yeah. real fart knockers. Yeah,
1: That's uh-huh. true. That's true. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay.
4: Yes. And we also can't forget our random.org, random five-digit number of the week, which is 68708. That number could come in handy in some way, so write it down and don't forget it. That Six number again eight. is
1: 68708.
4: oh8 Yes, mm-hmm. 68708.
1: Sheldon, are you playing the lottery this week, 68708? I should. You really should. I really Put back should. down
4: or listen back to the show once we get the recording up and available. Uh, that's it for this week. Until next time, this is Mark David wishing you good night and good news. Good night and good news. I like that.
1: Yeah.
5: Uh, I like
1: that yeah, a lot, yeah. <laughs> I really like that.
5: I mean, I Which like that better than... Sure beats the students lying in the grave trying to cramp for exams. Like, like, who the hell does that? that?
1: Like, why would you do that? Right. Why would right. anybody do
4: that? do that? Look, I went to university. You guys went to
1: university. I am yep. still in university. I'm still in university.
4: And when you study, when it's when it's exam time, what do you do? You just, you just study? Do you do anything to relax? I don't,
1: or l- I don't lie down in
5: a grave. That's for sure not. You know what I actually do to relieve the stress, believe it or not? I listen but, to music.
4: That's something I did, because when I had the books open... Uh, yeah. Like high school and whatnot. If I didn't have music playing on like the radio or whatever, I'd fall asleep because I just get so bored. So the yeah. music kept me awake.
5: That's exactly it. And especially if you're studying all these long hours, at least listen to something that'll keep your mind active. Yeah. And then a, that, you know the music will get you engaged in the reading, like you psych yourself up and everything. Exactly. And it really that really that really helped me a lot.
4: It helped me a great deal as well. I, I probably would have fallen asleep and not gotten any work done if I didn't have some music playing.
1: You guys yeah. are such fart And you would, have
5: said, you would have said to some of the teachers, Mark, that they were a bunch of fart knockers.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Or they would have said that about me when they saw my, my exam.
1: Wow. Oh. Well,
4: gentlemen, uh, I see by the time on the wall.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's time to bid you one and all. So long. Farewell. Adjir.
4: That's, that's it already? Wow. Did you remember? We just...
1: Does anyone know where that came from? So long. Farewell. Avida Zane. That's the sound of music. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Farewell. Adieu. A la prochaine. Goodbye until we meet again. Do you know where that came from? Yes, the Howie Silberger show. No. On Sunday, November 10th. No. No.
5: I should know the answer
4: to this because I know a lot of obscure...
1: Mark should know the answer to this because uh, these people were on the air for about 55 years on television, on CBC television, and that's how they ended every single show.
4: 55 years? Well, you said CBC. I thought... First instinct was maybe the kid's in the hall. And then I realized, no, maybe not. Sheldon so should know and this
1: because he's 122 years old. So he should know I, this. I got Wait, it. Uh, even I, I
5: was going to say, not Peter Mansbridge. No. It's got to be Wayne and Schuster. It is Wayne and Schuster. Oh, wow, Wayne and
4: Schuster. The 32-year-old got it. Amazing. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I wasn't even alive when that show was on. I, I know about it from my parents.
5: All right, guys.
1: All right, so I want to thank you all for listening, and uh, I I hope that you'll tune in again on Tuesday night right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll be on ten p.m. Tuesday night, and then again at midnight on Wednesday with Political Hitman. We'll we'll live stream that too, and um, and I thank you all for listening, and I wish you a, a great week right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Take care, everyone. Don't go
4: throwing yourself in any graves.
1: Why would you do that? Who does I that? don't know.
5: Why would anyone do that? Why would anybody be bald and working in radio? So strange. People are weird. Yeah, huh?
1: Haley, the total tutor. You're listening to true talk radio, the only place to be.